Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Tonight, we're at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room in the Irish Channel. The Tap Room is NOLA Brewing's on-site watering hole. They serve NOLA's regular lineup of craft beer as well as eight specialty brews can't get anywhere else. They are like minutes away from moving into their new... Uh, facility too next door it's almost done i bet you by the next time we we tape we'll be in the new room uh next door yes and the tap room is open seven days a week weekdays from 2 to 11 p.m and weekends from 11 in the morning till 11 30 p.m we're so glad you could join us each week on midnight menu plus one margo and i invite a member of new orleans restaurant and food community to have a beer with us and we invite them to bring along uh, their own guest a plus one we never know who the plus one's going to be sometimes a friend a neighbor a family member, a fellow restaurant colleague. Well, our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One is Gia DeLeo of Green To Go. And um, if, uh, that, if uh, some of our listeners are having deja vu, we did have her on as a guest a while back, but she was so awesome. She's going to be our first, I think, official repeat guest. We've had, we've had some people come back as someone else's Plus One, but I think you're the first time in the three-year history of the show that we've had somebody be the main, the same person be the main guest twice. Wow, I'm really so, honored. Uh, Thank you, yeah, guys. Yeah, I feel honored for that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes. so, so glad to have you here. Thank you. Green to Go is such an innovative, exciting uh, thing, and you know, I know you're, you're starting new chapters of it now. Yes. Thank you, for, thank you for having me, first of all. You know, I love being here. And, uh, yes, Green to Go has done another expansion from the last time that we talked, and I'm just I'm tickled about it. So last time we talked to you, it was it was your kitchen basically, right? And that was it. You you were basically on a bicycle and like, and now you have a brick and mortar place, right? You have an actual yes. green to go. So we've actually we've we've expanded, I guess, three times. I started in my guest house kitchen, and would make everything there and load it up onto the bike, and then ride around selling my wares, as it were. And then after, shortly after that, I was asked to go into the um, uptown. Uh, Jewish Community Center's kitchen and take over their cafe, which I did. And then we quickly outgrew that space. And so now we're moving into our second location, which is our very own brick and mortar um, in the CBD. So now are you still in the JCC too or? Yes, I cannot, I could not leave and disappoint my customers. Uh, We just have, we have so many loyal customers who go there and I swear many of them tell me, you know, the only reason why I work out is because that I know afterwards <laughs> I can go downstairs and get your food. Uh, so they laid some Jewish guilt on you. Yes. Yes. So I cannot leave. <laughs> so, 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 um, so you can still get delivered. If you're within how many miles of the uptown location? Generally, it's a, it's about a mile, about but a mile. we we have um, you know different routes we take on different days, and our customer base knows to expect us um, on their designated day, and um, they'll you know pre-order their stuff. You know, I've looked at the menu and I want three of these or two of those, and yeah, because they know it's all fresh and seasonal. So share with us um, a little bit about the 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 difference between the brick and mortar like ha- has your model evolved I mean, and um, definitely what, what, what are you gonna have there and 
So the brick and mortar is going to be an expansion. You know, when I was on the bike, we could just, I did about two salads. That was it, because that's all I could, you know, really fit. Then we went into the JCC and we did two salads plus soup from scratch and an entree and breakfast. And now we're doing the next expansion. So we're going to have our original salads that we started with that, you know, are all named by colors. Right. I remember the black and gold was phenomenal. You've had the black and gold, One of the best salads of my life. (laughs) Uh, And then so we're going to have, instead of only having two salads on the menu, we're going to have eight to ten, depending on what's in season and our standards. Plus some of the things that people have come to expect, like um, we make all of our hummuses from scratch. Uh, we make all of our soups from scratch. We, we're going to do breakfast on a larger scale. Uh, but certainly the, the hours are the same because my theory hasn't changed. Everyone wants to eat healthy Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, my, that's our business model. Breakfast and lunch Monday through Friday. Yeah, and the best restaurants that have lasted the longest in New Orleans have paced themselves, you know? Casamento's has been around 120 years or whatever it's been, and they're open like 25 hours a week. You really got to give yourself some time off. Oh, I agree. And I yeah. think not only that, but it's it's so important to my staff. You right. know, it's just, it's critical that all of us have a life. And that's the way I want to live. And that's what I, I would never ask anything more than what I'm prepared to give from my employees. Huh. Now, aren't you like supposed to be bottling salad dressing or something too, is what I heard? Yes, yes. So we have um, we had so much demand for our salad dressings that we actually launched our own line of salad dressings. We went with our four most popular salad dressings um, out of like 30 that we make, and they have done tremendously well. We're just trying to keep up with the demand, and they will be stocked at our downtown location. They're stocked at the JCC, and then we also deliver to Well in Metairie. Wow. So are you looking into grocery stores then too or You know, I've thought about it. I'm not I'm not quite there yet. That requires a whole nother level of production. Oh, because you have to have just more volume. Yes. Ah, okay. So I'm not sure um, you know, right now I'm content and I really when I started doing the bottling I told myself, Okay, if I can just sell ten bottles of salad a week I'll feel happy. And like the first week, 50 bottles were gone. And I thought, <laughs> oh gosh, I've done it to myself again, you know. And they require refrigeration or are they? They, they do require refrigeration. And, okay. you know, because they're made um, without any preservatives, you know, they, they're not going to be one of those things that you pull off of the dry stock in a grocery store uh, and, you know, will keep in, indefinitely. We're going to put some headphones on because, because history has been made today, not only in having uh, you be our uh, main guest, Twice, but also this is the all-time loudest uh, <laughs> audience we've ever had. Uh, my own crew are, are to blame. The crew of the Rolling Elf are having their annual meeting here, and it's like insane. We got 60 people drinking beer and yelling right behind us. But that's a lot better, isn't it? That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know what you should do? Okay. I don't know anything about business, but here's what I think. <laughs> like... If you, if if, you, if volume if you can't go like with high volume, then you got to go for a high price. You ought to like <laughs> you ought to just get you ought to just do like five bottles of Langensteins, right? But but price them like thirty dollars a bottle, and then if they don't sell right away, ah, you know what are you out? But I mean, if they do, you just make a killing on that. <laughs> well, you know we like to to expand to you know a broad as broad of a market as we can get, and 
I, I have a lot of my customers who tell me, you know, like I'm really tempted to drink the dressings. So if you're using it as a shot, yes, it's going to go a lot quicker. But if you're going to use it just as your salad dressing for your, your lunch or your dinner, you know, that that's an appropriate amount. You know, eight ounces for a dressing is appropriate to last you the full week huh. unless you're downing it. <laughs> well, you can start here at NOLA Brewing and see if they want to. They can have a tap salad of it. Shot. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so do you have an estimated time we can uh, tell our listeners of, of the opening? Or? Well, fingers crossed this week. This wow. week? This week, yes. Met wow. with the fire marshal today. He approved us. And tomorrow we're meeting with the uh, state health. And hopefully that's, you know, that goes smoothly. And then we can open at the end of the week. Because things always go smoothly and swiftly with New Orleans government. That's that's the reputation that we have internationally. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't tell you that it's been a smooth process because, you know, we we started looking for a location a year and a half ago, found the location, you know, and then it took us nine months to sign a contract. And, you know, so it's it really is a long term proposition. Well, you got a prime spot there. That's a really nice spot. We do. Uh, well, you said uh, maybe I missed it, but you said in the CBD. But uh, what what is the lo- exact location? So the exact address is 400 Poitras. Um, so the cross street is Poitras and Magazine. Yeah. And what's really Great. nice is we're on the back side of a high rise, and we're actually like on Lafayette Street. So anybody who's walking down to like Lafayette Square. You know, they walk right by us. The federal courthouse is there. It's just a phenomenal location. Yeah. And I have to say that the the folks in the building have been wonderful. And all of the tenants have come down and said, you know, we're so excited for you to be here. And we're so excited to have a healthy option. It's all that glass, too, on the side of it so everybody can see what's going on. It'll draw people in. Yes. And you're only a block away from where they, um, they plotted to kill Kennedy. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That was that was like 400-something camp. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, it's, I, I just mean, had to throw that in. I don't I know think, why. I think that's great. Fantastic trivia. I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> Years from now, they'll be talking about that's where Green to Grow got started, though. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's going to be called Green to Go. Yes. Green okay. to Go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. your, your, um, your plus one is here. Why don't you introduce her and tell us who she is and why you selected her? Okay, so since it is my second time on the show, you know, I thought I'd go with a theme oh. uh, because I'm all about, you know, the juxtaposition of what I eat, which is, you know, salads and healthy, um, and she is the counterpoint to that. So the last time I was on, I brought with me uh, Nate Winter, the Nola Pie guy. Yes. And today I have uh, phenomenal pastry chef Beth Biondo. Nice. Yep. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. So where do you pastry chef? I was the pastry chef at Lillette for about 10 years, and oh, I've taken... One of our favorite places. I took about two years off, and I've been doing interior design, which is actually how I met Gia. She delivered to the shop I was working in, oh. and I would get her salads, and then kind of decided to get back into it. So I'm just in the process of starting a cake and pastry business. So. Nice. Do you have a name for it yet? Beth Biondo Sweets. All right. <laughs> and I can tell you that I have had... I would say the vast majority of what you make, and I have never been disappointed. Great. All right, why don't you describe a few of those things to me slowly? (laughs) (laughs) 
well, the business is going to be a little bit different with, with what I was doing, which was plated desserts for years. This is a lot of cakes. Um, and I had a cake business that was popular uptown about six years ago out of Lillette. So I have kind of a customer base. I'm trying to expand on that. But um, I have a, do a triple chocolate cake, a passion fruit cake, um, coconut cake. And then tarts, cookies, some different like candies that I do a lot at the holidays, and just a big assortment of things that are not salads. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delicious. Now, um, I want to ask you uh, why you went into design from, and now why you have decided to venture back? Um, I think I went into design. I've worked in restaurants for about 15 years, and I was ready for a change, and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted my next step to be, and I'd done a bit of that and art world stuff before I started cooking. So I just decided to try something new and um, realized I missed pastry, but kind of wanted to do it in a different way than restaurants, and was at that point where I wanted to open my own business. So I, I did a pop-up at Satsuma in the Bywater. Oh, I love that place. Just was there last week. Oh. I will actually walk there from my house next oh, to the uh, Audubon Park. So I did that from about October to last month, every couple of weeks, and just kind of as a little test grounds, and it went really well and got a good reception to it, so I decided to jump in. Well, uh, do you feel that um, baking and, and the art form uh, lends itself to design. I mean, I would imagine you you have an eye if you are in that. I mean, it, it certainly does to some extent. I mean, you know, people look for that, and a, a cake should be beautiful as well as taste good. Um, so I think it helps, and it probably my styles are similar in both areas. But um, also, I do think my desserts probably are still more like ingredient focus, flavor focus, and the design is pretty simple and minimalist, and that's what I'm going for. So I, I think clean and classic is how yeah. I would describe it. <laughs> I really, well, you know, because you really, you know, the taste is what is really sets it apart and it's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can certainly think of, think of some um, pastry shops and you go in and it looks beautiful and you're so excited and then you taste it and you're like, yay. Yeah, but I, you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you, you can have a simple and clean aesthetic and if something tastes great. Yeah. I mean, just naturally, I think people overdo things visually, and sometimes to, it can overcompensate, you know, and, and detract. Definitely. And I think, you know, I think there can be a style for every taste. Some people want a fancy cake, and some people want a simple cake, and we'll have all the options out there. But I think, like, wedding cake styles particularly have gotten simpler lately, and People are asking me for kind of rustic looks and things like that that weren't as popular a few years ago. It's still like it's still like home design. I mean, you had Victorian homes and they got flashier and more ridiculous and insane. 
and then it, it birthed sort of the craftsman style that was sort yeah. of like pared down because people were like I can't take this anymore I feel like that's happening with wedding cakes it's like yeah. not to diss people that have like the elaborate wedding cakes but I mean it and got it got to a point where it was ridiculous yeah. I mean it was like insane well it was the weddings. 80s yeah. and now right. you know no nothing is like that but I and I think it kind of goes along with people wanting more like fresh ingredients or organic foods like what Gia does and you know they want the aesthetic to match the inside yeah so. Huh. So how'd you get into pastry chefing? Uh, did you? I mean, did you, did you start out Lillette as the pastry chef, and you I, start doing something else? I did. I had been, but I had been a pastry chef for a long time before I went there. Um, I was living in New York, and I went to culinary school specifically for pastry, and worked some there. And in New Orleans, I worked at uh, Windsor Court, Delmonico, Cuvée. Wow. Um, you know, a lot of restaurants oh, over the great, years. Yeah. So. And what brought you to New Orleans? I grew up here. Okay. And I, I've left three times and come back three times. Yeah. So. I was, we had a guest last week who did the same thing, left three times and came back three times. There's yeah. something about what gets in your blood. It's like, don't even try to leave because it's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You know? Well, this time, the last time I came back, I thought it was just for a year or two, and you know, now I own a house around the corner, married here, I'm not leaving. I don't oh, think so. Good, that's great. And Gia. Um, how is your children growing up here similar or, or different to how you grew up? Oh, so different. I mean, you know, I grew up in California, in Southern California, and um, you know, certainly the food there is phenomenal, but really where I grew up was in a suburb, and it was very homogenized, and what I would describe as vanilla. And so New Orleans is certainly not vanilla. the opposite of that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love it. I love that my boys have a piece of the city. Um, they were born here, and it really means a lot to me that they will take that with them wherever they go. They are New Orleans, and I'm just, I'm so proud of, you know, the city and kind of, you know, what Beth was saying about how she did these pop-ups. I really have to hand it to the food industry here in New Orleans. I have never felt competition or, you know, kind of subtle threats. Right. It's always been very much a team effort. I agree. And I, you know, I don't know how many other major cities can say that. We hear that from almost every guest. Every time we ask, they love to sort of plug their competition. It's, it's so much more of a community here, I think, with food. Well, it's like that with everything, really. Oh, I agree. It's like that between the crews. It's like that. I mean, everybody's just in the same boat. And everybody just, you know, wants to see each other flourish, it seems like. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely true of the food stuff. Well, I, you know, where we're at in um, the CBD, Pulp and Grind just opened up, which is a division of Satsuma. Mm -hmm. I was just there last week, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know the manager there. Um, she's awesome. It replaced and the PJs on, um, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, and then I was actually selling salads at um, GoGo's um, on Magazine Street, uh, and GoGo's jewelry. Jewelry, okay. Mm -hmm. GoGo's a regular, yeah. and that's Margot's nickname, GoGo. GoGo. <laughs> it's from her dancing days. <laughs> and the owner of um, St. James Cheese Company was there, and she bought a salad. I was salad. there today for lunch. You're naming all the places. <laughs> like you followed me around. It's weird. And she said, "Oh, you know, we're moving to CBD," and I said. Fantastic, you know, if we're it's gonna be a couple blocks away and the same with you know Paul McGrath. You guys need something, you're short something, what you know, holler, we'll you know, we'll help each other out. Yeah. And That's it, beautiful. It really is a camaraderie. That's awesome. 
Now you didn't come here for food, though, right? You came here for law. Is that what it was? Did you come here for law school? Or I knew you were you were a trial lawyer for like ten years, right? I, I was. I was a trial lawyer for ten years. I actually, um, I came here initially just to, to visit a friend. Um, that was twenty one years ago. Wow. And uh, met my husband that weekend. That weekend. That weekend. <laughs> well, there's got to be a story there. <laughs> there is. That's a whole. That's a whole nother. You're afraid your children are going to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then I just kept coming back to New Orleans, and you know, it, it, the city certainly draws you in. And ended up getting married here, and you know, lived in San Francisco for a while, lived in Chicago for a while, lived in D.C. for a while. Great places. All great places, and wound up back here. Nice. Wait, so did you go? Did you go to law school here then, or no? No, I went to law school in San Francisco. In San Francisco, okay. And then practiced in Chicago. Okay. So you never practiced in New Orleans. No. Okay. I, I, Napoleonic code is there you completely go. foreign to me. <laughs> now, I have a question for Beth. Yes. Now, where were the three places you? I know you said New York. Where else did you? I lived in Dallas. Okay. College. Okay. So yeah. Dallas and New York twice. Okay. Uh, so. And are there um, things about your experience up there that uh, you still bring into your? I think so, and I still, you know, I still have friends up there, so I go up once or twice a year, and it's always fun to see the food scene. And but I do think, like, when I used to go up there, it was so much different from here, and there was so much to see. And I think that's true less and less. I mean, we, you know, we're catching up, and everything's becoming probably less different. So it's nice that, you know, when I go up there, I don't feel so backward or, or that the city is so backward. I mean, it's not like we're not getting all the same food trends. So, so that, but it is fun and there's just more. So there's always stuff to see. And I have friends in the food industry up there. So that's fun. Do you find, um, friends from New York are, uh, feel that take more notice? I mean, I'm, New Orleans has always been known for its food, and but do you find that uh, any of your friends or peers are moving from New York to here or spending more time in New Orleans? Um, I'm hearing more about it. None of my best friends, which would be awesome, but um, or they're constantly calling and saying, "Oh, I have a friend who's moving to New Orleans. What neighborhood should they look in, or whatever?" And so I. There is like a New Orleans, New York connection going on, and kind of a migration. But I would agree. I think I think there's a lot of folks yeah. coming from the East Coast, yeah. and you know I think part of it is the medical community, um, which is expanding so much, and part right. of it is the movie industry. Yeah, uh, you know, which is all good things to this area. And do you do you feel? Um, I kind of think that opening up a, a brick and mortar or or starting a business here is a little is easier than doing certainly. it in New York City. Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I Definitely. mean, cost and competition, and I mean, there's still uncharted territory here. There isn't in New York. I mean, not really. And you know, the costs are so much less. And yeah, I can't imagine going to another city and just being able to call chefs I know and have them give me their business plan just to help me out. Oh, or, yeah. wow! Yes. It's so it's so much. It, it, I, and I grew up there too. So it's so. Much, I grew yeah. up Staten Island and then, yeah. and then Long Island and then the Burbs or whatever. But I was I was uh, 
you go up there and you just feel it in the air. It's so much more competitive. Yeah. Even your friends can't be that happy for you yeah. when things happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> everybody's, everybody's got, everybody, and, then, and then they come down and like they, they, won't, they, don't want, they don't want to gush about a meal here because that would be like admitting somehow New York's not supreme in absolutely every area of everything, you know? <laughs> and it's like, this meal can be really good. It's okay. You know, just say it. Just say it. You know, I don't know. I know it's not every New Yorker, but that's yeah. my friends and relatives I bring down here. That's, this is an issue we have. We always argue about that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Every place has got their distinctive whatever. We got True. our quirks too. Yeah, now, on, on just the, a few. Yeah. On the topic of New Yorkers, have you been to the new um, little sandwich place, um, Carrollton Sibo? Yes, I love that place. I do too. No, love, I it, love, it, love, it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Please tell us about it. What is? Well, I mean, I've got you know, like I'm, I'm all about promoting small businesses. They need, they dare to be promoted. Yeah. Two guys who came down from New York and from started Brooklyn. this. Yeah, yeah from Brooklyn. Um, that started this little sandwich shop, basically, is what it is, and they import all of these great cheeses from New York and breads and um, salamis, and it is just fantastic. I've been there two or three times. Where is it? It's right there on Carrollton. At yeah, right oh. next to Mona's. Uh-huh. Right near uh, Rue. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Nino's is going out, you know, oh, it's going yeah. under. And Nino's was, to me, the only truly authentic... Yeah, I mean, there's lots of great Italian in New Orleans, but, like, that, there's, there's something... There's subtleties about the flavor, and it was like... And the smell, and, all. and it broke my heart when Nino's told me he was, you know he lost his lease. And I wrote an ode to Nino's. It was in the paper, but they, they published it. But then, but Chibo's opened providentially like a month before this, two months before it. So it's sort of going to take its place, I think. You go in there, and the minute I smelled it, I, I, I just brought, brought back home. It was yes. so great. They're the real deal there, yeah. They are, and you know, and the really nice, good young guys good people. that you want to see succeed. Yes. I'll have to check that out. You will. My office is in Mid City, right near there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's a good plug there. Well, uh, yeah, well plugging them. Yeah, I always have to plug, you know, local, small local businesses. Yeah. Feel there was really, really, really good too. Yeah. Um, Jeff, do you have any favorite places in the city? I have so many. I think this is the hardest question anyone can ask me. Um, you know, I, I cooked for so long that most restaurants are owned by friends. Right, right. So I can, if I pick one, I'm not picking someone else. But um, yeah, we'll just do stream of consciousness, okay? So that's all. <laughs> you know, nobody can blame you for that. Um, I mean, the first just, one that pops in your head that you just sort of. I like the meteor is going to hit the earth in a week, <laughs> and you know it. Your uncle works for NASA, and you're the only one that knows. So all the restaurants are still open. Where are you going to go your next meal? Well, I'll just say I love that we have so many more ethnic options that that we never had. I love. Colombian food that we have. Yeah. That I like Baru and yes. um, on uh, Aretha Castle Haley. Um, oh, uh, Maize. And Maize. Oh, and yeah. I like, you know, all the Vietnamese. And I love, I like to travel to Asia. So I just discovered on the West Bank banana blossom for Thai food. Uh, yes, they are that very was good. incredible. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we have like some, we've always had good, I think, like super casual po' boy type food and then right. upscale food. But I'm glad we're getting like some really awesome ethnic food too. Right, right. Cool. Um... Now I said maize, but I'm I not sure. Is it like maize, like corn, or it's, maize? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> don't so know. if if we're saying it wrong, Arabus. it's my fault because I because yes. I uh, we're gonna get you an email that. about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I mispronounced. Is it 
Chibo or I think it's Chibo. It should be Chibo. I think it's Chibo. Yeah. There's actually a Chibo in New York. It might even be them. It's C I B O. Yeah. And the fun, the confusing part is there's a Japanese place like up two blocks from there. Called Chiba. That's right. That's spelled differently, but it's pronounced the same. Which is and that's not Japanese. It's Vietnamese. You sure? Oh, no, Chiba. Yes, yeah, you're, no, no, you're right. Like a sushi sushi. Place. I'm thinking sushi, yeah. of the Vietnamese place on Oak Street. Uh, the one... Oh, the one across from Satsuma? Yes. <laughs> that has oh, a long that's on Maple Vietnamese Street. That's on Maple Street. Oh, no, that's, yes. oh. that's not Maple Street. And that has oh. nothing to do with... Bocce. Bocce. Yeah, that place is I'm great, I'm dyslexic, too. so that is Chiba to me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, you know, I think it's time for our, um, for our off-the-menu question. Don't you think? Ah. Yeah. Yes. We'll make this one easy on you. Uh, timely. Oh, we have commercials first too, don't we? Yes. Well, listen, uh, I'm, I'm page three. Uh, <laughs> we have to stop for a moment and thank again tonight the NOLA Brewing Taproom, the watering hole of the NOLA Brewing Company on Chapatula Street in the Irish Channel where you can get all of NOLA Brewing's beers plus another eight specialty beers you can't get anywhere else. And uh, let me tell you about our friends at Petit Pet Care. While you're at work or on vacation, you don't have to board your pet. He can stay in the comfort of his own home. For loving care when you're not there, petite pet care. Think about how many pets you've made happy over the last few months with that, Margot. You know, people, listeners have heard that and, and, and had a more satisfying pet experience because of uh, your sharing. Thank you for that. Um, well, look, it's time for Off the Menu. And we had the loss of B.B. King this week, sadly. So it made me think of a question about that. I wanted to ask you, Gia, if you had a chance to um, have a personal VIP pass, uh, you could bring back from the dead uh, one of the following musicians, and you get to have, uh, you get to host, uh, you get to hang out at, uh, let's say, Tipitina's with them. Um, what, w- what would it be? Would it be uh, a- I, I can Elvis? tell you who it would be. Who would it be? It would be Nina Simone. Ah. Wow, that was fast. Well, I'll tell <laughs> you. She was not on my list, but that's a good one. So she was in. Beats Ernie Cato, beats Elvis, beats everybody. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Okay, let's hear about uh, it. So when I lived in Chicago, um, she was playing a very rare appearance, and um, she had come in from Paris where she lived. And I told my husband, I said, I really want to see this show, and he balked. And so we didn't go, and then oh. she passed away like a few months later. And so I, you know, I've never let one, him live that down. No, have I'm you? not one to hold a grudge. Like you know, I don't really, you know, once I say my piece, I'm done. But I, I don't think I'll ever get over that. Maybe in the afterlife. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beth, um, what about you? I want to see who's on the list. Oh. <laughs> Wow, and I blanked out. I didn't actually, uh, I had it in my head. Well, I want to know what culinary person that is deceased that you would want to spend the evening with. Wow. If you could bring them back from the grave. Oh, gosh. Like Chef Austin or, I don't know. It wouldn't have to be a New Orleanian, huh? I, mean, I guess I probably wouldn't think if of... they're going to cook you a meal. <laughs> the most impressive person that I always rattle off is not done. <laughs> because I, when I was in culinary school, we had a very small presentation by Jacques Pepin, and it was to this day, I have never seen anything like it. He threw together some flour, sugar, butter, threw it in the oven, and it was the best dessert I've ever had. He was just talking, he looked completely distracted. He's not dead. <laughs> but it was... That counts, though. But I mean, it was so... I think it does. Well, 
I don't know if food people get as uh, iconographic as music people, where there's a lot of dead people you want to meet. Okay. You know, I, I mean, other than the obvious, like... I don't know, I was on the Julia recently. Child. I was going to say Julia Child. Yeah, right, yeah. but everyone would say Julia yeah, Child. Right, that's, that's too cliche. I mean, I was on vacation recently, and um, Daniel Balud happened to be staying at the same location. We I have sat and at I, dinner with him, and yes, he is incredible. He is. I've also had him spray me down with champagne after the James Beard Awards. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, wow. wow. You, you made it to James so, Beard Awards. Yeah, and um, I think it was... Uh, 2006, they had all New Orleans chefs cook at the James Beard Awards because nice. of, I think, Katrina. So we did the whole reception. And it you was... cooked at the James Beard Awards. Mm-hmm. How scary is that? That's like doing the music or the dance for like the Oscars or something. Well, you, you know, know, it's not scary because they have so many parties in between. You're just rolling on through. <laughs> <laughs> They're all drunk. They can't tell the difference. We were out all night and then got up and made 800 panna cotta, So Wow. Wow. Huh. That has to be a highlight, though. Oh, it was it was very cool, really oh. awesome experience. And then went you know went to the awards and then we're out all night again. So. Wow! Now how big is the room? Are they in like a giant? Well, you know they moved them from New York. They were in Chicago this year. Uh, when I was there, they were in a hotel. Then they moved them to Lincoln Center, and now they're in Chicago because Chicago basically petitioned and won them. Nice. So. I haven't seen them there. Hopefully, I will. <laughs> uh, we can get them in New Orleans someday. At the uh, Sanger or something. I don't know. Where would it be? We don't have a venue big enough. We don't have anything like the Lincoln Center. Yeah. Convention Center. It'd have to be Convention Center. That's yeah. what it'd be. Yeah, it's a little soulless, though. Or the Hyatt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we got lots of beautiful venues, but not beautiful venues that are that, that, are that big. Lincoln Center, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe the new um, culinary. Institute. Yes, I mean, Nogi. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know how large that's going to be, but it's going to be an amazing facility. It Do y'all um, have y'all uh, heard anything about it? And yeah, yes. As a matter of fact, um, one of my good friends, um, Carol Markowitz, is the CFO. Oh. So she has been working her took us off with uh, <laughs> T. Martin and a great group of people trying to get it rolling. So they're you know. Fingers crossed, everything continues to go smoothly. It's a great space. Yeah, yeah it's going to be an exciting is. addition and, and so needed. Yes. Um, yes. And Absolutely. Just helpful. Great spot for that, too. And think of all the labor we'll get. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's good labor, too. Yeah, you know? yes. Those are good jobs. Good jobs. Definitely. They kind of dovetail with the rest of what the city's about and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And they're very, yeah. it seems to be like very the collaborative. Yeah. They're not. Once again, you know, they're, they're, they're collaborating with a lot of other programs. Yeah. So it's oh, not, I, yeah. um, like, isolating a group. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're definitely working. I believe they're working with, um, you know, Tulane Medical and yep. um, the Gold Ring Foundation to, right. you know, work on, you know, healthy food options. And right. First, I, you know, first uh, medical school in the country that teaches um, uh, cooking classes, well, yeah, basically. We've had Leah Saris on our show before. We're running out of time, I think, Margo. I think we've got about five minutes left. Do you have a couple questions left? Um, well, I would like to know um, how far along you are and um, where your home base is going to be and like, so how people can reach you that uh, didn't know you before. Well, I am taking cakes as we, cake orders as we speak, but um, my I think I'll open a sort of permanent space 
hopefully early 2016. Uh, it sounds so late, but that's really six months away. Um, right now I'm working out of a temporary kitchen. I may be in a commissary kitchen, but my website should be up next month. In the meantime... Don't have an address yet? I have a, yes, I have a web address, which is Beth Biondo Suites. You can just email me at beth at bethbiondosuites.com. Okay, great. Right. Can you spell your last name? Can you it's spell it out? Too? B-I-U-N-D-O. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. And I can, I actually have a bone to pick with Beth that she actually didn't bring us anything to sample tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm glad it was you who said that and not, because I'm thinking the passion fruit cake sounds nice. Sounds so great. All good. <laughs> I cooked all day yesterday for a Mad Men party I had last night. Oh. Um, kind of well, did you do anything like themed? Or was the it? whole thing was themed. Okay. Oh, tell us, <laughs> so, tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, what did you do? Um, we did... No, but it was said in the... Sing- oh, no, it's the end of the series. So it's not the beginning. It's the end of the series. At the beginning of the series, it'll have to be like Betty Crocker. and be like, yes, microwave. So, oh, it's all instant. This is it great. It was early 70s, oh. so we tried to do authentic but not disgusting. And so... <laughs> We did homemade sour cream onion dip and Harvey Wallbangers to start. Nice. And then um, I did a green goddess salad and I put alfalfa sprouts and sunflower seeds and avocado to give the whole California health food thing. And then we did, um, apparently pineapple in the 70s was this new huge thing. Wow. So we did shrimp and pineapple under the broiler, which was the new way to cook. And... Spanish rice, which was also yeah. apparently very popular, and I made rum cake, which uh, I think is going to actually go into the permanent repertoire. It might be a very good holiday gift. So, nice. yeah. can I ask what type of rum you used? Um, I used Barbancourt because it was in the uh, bar, but <laughs> <laughs> it might be the priciest rum cake ever made. <laughs> um, now, did you? Um, dress the part as well? You know, I did, and I didn't tell any of my guests to, and oh, independently everyone showed Everybody up. Everybody did. They and it was, so it was awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's New Orleans too, yeah. Everybody's looking for excuses to dress yeah. up. <laughs> so everyone looked good. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, it looks like we're out of time, Margo. Sorry to sorry to oh. say that. There's so much. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One. I know time is precious in the businesses that you're in, the business that you're in. So um, thank you so much. For thank you for having spending us. time with us. And, thank you, um, Gia. <laughs> our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was Gia DeLeo of Green to Go, and her uh, plus one was Beth. Beyondi. Beyondo. <laughs> Beyondo, that's it. Oh, sorry. I had it on my little sheet of paper. Right. I got rid of it. I'm Beth Beyondo. I'm not allowed to tell them who you I know. Are. They have okay. to go in, you know. No, we, we, we went in cold. Yes. Beth Beyondo uh, of Beth Beyondo Suites. So um, thank you so much. You can find out more about our guests and much more by following the links on our website. It's neworleans.com. And thanks to Petite Pet Care and the NOLA Brewing Tap Room for the awesome beer this evening. NOLA Brewing Tap Room is open seven days a week, and it's just seconds away from moving into its beautiful new facility next door. You can come here anytime, or you can join us back here next week for another Midnight Menu Plus One. We look forward to seeing you next week. Till then, I'm Margot Moss. And I'm Ray Kanata. Good night.
You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.